beautiful. I was wondering if you were going to do it. Oh, if I was going to do what? What happened to you? Things have not been going well for me lately. <laughs> First of all, all the activity in El Salvador has brought a lot of human rights organizations to I gotta the country. Say, you're sounding a little nerdier than usual. <laughs> let, me, let me try it again. No, no, I'm liking this angle for him. Attentions have been humbled by recent events. And you know, I've been thinking a lot. Maybe the world isn't just doesn't revolve around money. It revolves around coins. <laughs> the penny. Beautiful copper bronze, like a Grecian woman on an island, Lesbos. The nickel. Shiny silver, like a robot from the future. Gabe McClare. C-3PO. The dime. Skinny, small. Like Emily Ratajowski. And the quarter. Representing the whale. The big holder. If you come to my home, you will find more quarters than the... What? What about the Sacagawea dollar? Sacagawea? I haven't gotten to a dollar yet. Sacagawea. <laughs> Beautiful. Remember how many you would get at the Bart? Are you free? Oh, I love getting the Sacagawea dollar oh my at the God, Bart. Are you, you get... kidding me? <laughs> it's like so annoying. You get like... Ten of those. I know. I love. I love. <laughs> Never put a twenty in a Bart dispenser in two thousand seven. Is, is thing y'all don't know about me. I don't carry a wallet. I don't carry a bag. I don't carry a little little zip up thing. Whatever. I carry a large brown sack <laughs> tied with a string uh, onto the side of my pants that is just filled with coins. Yeah, you have. It has a dollar sign on the side. It has of a it dollar too. sign. <laughs> and I go in. and I'm like, ah, I want to die, Dr Pepper. And I go into the store and I go, <laughs> and I just like stick my fucking scary movie two ass claw hand in there and I pull one of those motherfuckers out and I, I've got a giant thumb. That's something a lot of people don't know about me. I have a thumb the size of a, of a, honestly, of a foot. And I just flick that motherfucker right into the, the guy's Sacagawea? mouth. The Sacagawea? Sacagawea, yeah. They give me that diet, Dr. Pepper. I love you. Knows I was doing a personality melt with Coindexter Oh there. my god. I love that he like it, it was sounding like he was very sad. He's and been very, humbled. Yeah, he was definitely sounded more like a an AI guy than, you know. Yeah. He was still doubling down on That's AI Coindexter. The crypto industry. Hey, Liz. Hey. What's Braze. your name? Oh, me? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm baby. Liz. you. I'm Brace. We are, of course, joined by our producer, Young Chomsky, and, and this is me. this is true and on. Hello, everyone. Hello. We are busting into the blockchain. Busting makes me feel good. Like we're Ocean's Eleven. It's been a minute. It's been one of the longest minutes of all, Liz. Uh, it's been since whenever we did our last crypto episode. Yeah, I think it's been a while. Uh-huh. Actually, I literally don't know how long it's now, been. Now, we are recording this on Friday. And on ketamine. <laughs> I'll say it. We're on ketamine right now. <laughs> no, Friday. And breaking news uh-huh. hit just hours before we set up recording, which really was hours ago. This is kind of a long episode. This is guys. a long motherfucker. You can tell by the numbers at the bottom. Yeah. 
Um, but it's a fun one. Uh, and Silicon Valley Bank, kaput. Uh-huh. Over. Done. Bye-bye. Annihilated. Uh, that, the regu- California regulators took it over. Mm-hmm. They're like, there needs to be a little more sage in here. <laughs> um, and so, yeah, we talk a little bit about that. Uh-huh. Because it just happened. We got to. We got to address the breaking news. We talk news. about so many motherfuckers in this episode. This is, we talk, we have a crazy cast of characters in this motherfucker. Crazy cast of characters in this crypto Crapisode. I was trying to do like a crapisode. Alt. You just called a crapisode. <laughs> it's a crapisode. Liz, call, Liz is calling this shit crapisodes. Crapisode. Listen, we've got a I was trying fucking, to do like a Kardashian kind of thing. We got a, a real journalist. It's so crazy. Here. They named she named all her kids K. That's just racist. I'm just saying. Not of you, of her. It's crazy. That's crazy. Yeah. What if I named all my kids B? I don't like when people Balthazar do- Belden. <laughs> I don't like when. People do like weird shit Naming like conventions? they think of their family as like a brood that's so weird that's I'm like, a red flag you're on your own you come out you you are you are yanked out like a fucking alien from aliens yeah. from my beautiful one of my beautiful sister wives you're on your own you gotta scurry throughout the Nostromo just get a normal name <laughs> yeah name them normal Eric how about that one <laughs> that's a real normal how name how about that one uh Botswana Fucking Samantha. Those are Brace. <laughs> These are names. Dude, Botswana Belden would go crazy. Botswana Balthazar. Botswana Balthazar Belden <laughs> would fucking go Triple psycho B. as a name. Wait, is that a boy or a girl? It doesn't matter. Just name it's your up baby to them, Brace. First of all, but name your baby Big Baller Brand. Big Baller Brand Belden? Yeah. Big what Baller about, Brand Belden. What about Brandon Belden? <laughs> what happened to Big Baller Brand? Who the fuck is Big Baller Brand? Are you brand? kidding me? Are you kidding me? I'm not, is that like Echo? Big Baller Brand? No. Is that a Come guy on. or a brand? Dude, I wear, you know my clothing taste. Oh my God. It's Lonzo Ball's dad's brand. Lonzo Balls? <laughs> Do you know about this? Okay. Are you kidding L- me? You're fucking telling me there's a guy named Lonzo Balls, Liz. <laughs> Are you? No, Ball, singular. Ball? Are you He's joking? He's only got one? And LaMelo. LaMelo Ball. That's, are they, what is this? What, what, the Ball Brothers. You're fucking with me. You're fucking with me. Are you kidding? I'm not, I'm genuinely not kidding. Wait, you don't know. Lonzo and what's the other one? LaMelo. LaMelo Ball? I'm sorry. And LiAngelo. LiAngelo Ball. That, that's one's more normal. And the dad's LaVar. Oh, Ball? Yes. What do they do? What's their job? <laughs> they ball. They ball. They play basketball. Yeah. They're brothers and it's big baller brand. I feel like you're gaslighting me right now. Now, let's we, get to the. We episode. need a sponsorship. <laughs> oh God. Oh, let me drink water in the microphone really loud. <laughs> Ah, ah, boy, I just did a run on the bank, and boy, ah. are my legs tired. That's bad. Welcome, welcome, welcome to the runner's corner, uh, <laughs> Jacob Silverman. Now, I, 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 listen, for those of you who don't know, Jacob's been on the podcast before, freelance journalist, host of the pornographically titled podcast, The Naked Emperor, a four-episode podcast about SBF and FTX on CBC. 
Uh, and unfortunately, the subject of a scandal known as Silvergate, named after the man himself. <laughs> Jacob, welcome to the show. How are you doing? I'm here to answer all crimes and accusations addressed <laughs> towards me. Thanks for having me. Thanks for coming. It's so funny because we had scheduled this in advance. Uh-huh. And we were like, oh, this is going to be great. You have a new series. We haven't checked in on what's going on with the case against Sam Bakeman Freed. There's all this new stuff coming about FTX. There's just so much to wade in into that mess and talk about. And you have this new series coming out. Perfect. And then lo and behold, the night before our recording, one of the largest banks in Silicon Valley, literally Silicon Valley Bank, has now gone under. <laughs> Completely collapsed, taken yeah. over by California regulator, yeah. regulators, like just a couple hours ago. Yeah, the 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 mood on on uh, VC Twitter is is <laughs> sad and dim. <laughs> yeah, those guys. I gotta tell you, mm. I, I still don't listen. I know I'm not like the Mr. Money guy, right? I think I'm, you're Mr. Money. I'm yeah, thank you. But it's uh, I'm more into crypto stuff. Yeah, <laughs> just in terms of my finances, but. Uh, uh, the VCs are seem like they're losing their shit over this. So what what happened? Just tell me. As so a, as it's an funny. Outsider. So Brace was actually Brace and his aunt had dinner at my house last night, which mm-hmm. was very nice. Very delicious, by the way. Liz Thank is you. An excellent cook. Thank you very much. I appreciate that. Um, and I was I had been in like hostess mode, which is my favorite mode to be yeah. in, pretty much all afternoon and evening. And so I was had not logged on, oh, as we like to say. Good to not be logged I on. opened up my phone, and I was like, oh my god. You guys, like one of the biggest banks in Silicon Valley is like completely collapsing. They're saying there's a huge bank run. Like, is it going to go under? And it did today. It went under. Like what exactly? It seems like what, how this this has something to do with what we were, t- we were planning on talking about today, which is FTX and Silvergate. Yeah, it's, it's hard to say exactly beyond, at least so far beyond, you know, there was a general bank run in the old-fashioned sense. A couple yeah. days ago, it's, there was a headline going around that Founders Fund, good old Peter Thiel's Love outfit. the guy. By the way, shouts for yeah. the podcast. Yeah, thank you very much for you your good, kind so contributions. Fucking, I so mean, this fun. studio is looking pretty good, <laughs> yeah. I got to say. Yeah. Yeah. You yeah. like all these catamites we have? <laughs> is that what that is? Yeah, well, you know. <laughs> um, yeah, Founders Fund was telling its portfolio companies, you know, people invest in, take your money out of this bank. and. Right. Of course, that got out like immediately, and so there was this bank run over the last couple of days, and the bank had to sell some of its. It bought these bonds at low interest mm-hmm. rates, and then had to sell them all of a sudden because they didn't think they would have to, and they lost, I think, a couple billion dollars in the process. And you know, they don't necessarily have all their deposits covered, so here we are, like right. within a couple of days, it just completely crumbles. Uh, yeah. Yeah, they couldn't meet. They couldn't meet. You know, customer demands. Basically, they didn't mm-hmm. have the money. So, so as somebody who does, because to me, a bank is the guy I give money to, mm-hmm. and it's there, and I take it out with the debit card, right? I keep a lot of cash, as you guys know. Uh, specific, I'll give my address to patrons. Yeah, your only cash or cash, Bitcoin. Those huge are cash guy. Yeah. I love fiat. <laughs> um, but this is a bank that's like, you didn't like, it's not like you kept your like savings account there. It's like a bank that like, like a lot of startups kept their money. In, that's right? right. Yeah. A lot of it's, I believe it was started in the early eighties and they lent to a lot of startups yeah. and you have big time entrepreneurs on Twitter saying like, my company wouldn't exist without this bank. And then <laughs> some of those companies I'd be like, fine, but, yeah, uh, okay. yeah. yeah. Well, excellent. but you know, <laughs> it, it was the sort of home bank for Silicon Valley funding all these companies. Yeah. Also, I think, 
um, you know, some executives when they would take out personal loans. You know, I don't know if Elon ever dealt with this bank, but you know, he, the sort of Elon Musk style that thing of like of taking guy. out money yeah. to to live against right. like your stocks or whatever. Um, you know, they dealt with the high rollers of Silicon Valley and their startups. So I think it's both like materially very important, but also kind of personal for some of these guys. Yeah. And, you know, I mean, a lot of, like you're saying, a lot of companies uh, bank there. And the big issue now is that a lot of companies had, you know, deposits there over 250K, which means anything, of course, over 250K is not FDIC insured. So... A lot of companies are unsure of if they can make payroll. Yeah. And so there's a big move where people are trying to – I mean, there's been statements from a lot of tech CEOs basically saying, listen, we're moving everything over to – it's got. It's always – you know it. You love them. J.P. Morgan Chase. Yeah. Daddy's here to make everything right. Jamie Dimon's about to get mm-hmm. – his cat's getting <laughs> much fatter. As Liz calls J.P. Morgan Chase, Jewish paper chase. Okay, stop it. Okay. But <laughs> – I will say, yeah, the big the big fishies shall be eating the little fishies very soon oh, is my sure. my one prediction. But you know, a lot of people are worried that all these companies that were banking with with Silicon Valley Bank, it's such a simple name that I feel like I'm gonna keep it's it like does sound tripping fa- yeah, over it. it. Sounds yeah, made like up a place or something. Yeah. Name yeah. In a book. Um that they can't make payroll, which means more tech layoffs. Yeah. And it's funny because some of this happened because of the big crash that's already been happening yeah. in tech, mm-hmm. right? It's put a lot of stress on a lot of companies trying to shore up capital, trying to shore up cash. It, you know, these things have a kind of cascading or like snowball kind of effect, yeah, yeah, right? Yeah. Um, and a lot of that stems from a lot of the underlying collapse from the crypto market. Yeah, I think one thing that we're starting to realize is that I mean, we always knew there'd be some contagion in, in yeah. crypto, as yeah, they call it, like other companies collapsing because they all owed each other. Everyone owed, you know, Alameda owed everyone, everyone owed Alameda. But now it's sort of creeping out, I guess, into other yeah. parts of banking or like sort of tech banking. Uh, you had Silvergate collapsed recently, right. and that was like the crypto bank pretty much. Um, and then you know, I think you—you. Th- you, it's a way also of learning that like there may be other kinds of exposure to these crypto companies, like from their investors Second or order from stuff. yeah, exactly. Well, and then we're seeing like third order stuff. I mean, we were talking about all these regional banks in California are getting hit so hard. Their stock prices are getting hit because everyone's freaked. First Republic doesn't down know. Heavy, yeah. yeah, First Republic, like the a classic lo- San Francisco bank logo. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, their you know their stocks you know it's like 40 percent down. And you're going to see regional banks like starting to really like, you know, get nervous because I think a lot of people are wondering like, oh, is everyone just undercapitalized? Yeah. Which is not a good – no, you don't want those feelings out there. <laughs> Bad vibes with, in the banking industry. small – I mean, look, we don't even have that many fucking banks left in this country, right? 08 wiped out so many of them. Mm-hmm. And that's what I'm saying. Like J.P. Morgan is about to get really, really, really big, fucking big, which is really scary, but – um, this is the 16th largest bank. Um, that's <laughs> I never pretty heard big. of this motherfucker. Yeah, I, people yeah. outside of tech barely knew it. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then I think there, there, there obviously could be more. I mean, and especially particular to, to crypto. I mean, uh, Circle, which manages USDC, right. which is one of the biggest stable coins, mm-hmm. they have a lot of their money at, at uh, Silicon Valley Bank. Mm. They had money at Silvergate, which is now done, um, and they have money at Silicon Valley Bank, and they have money at Signature, which is also struggling. And they, someone posted this on Twitter that in one of their, you know, their forward-looking statements or whatever, um, Circle said, we have money above the FDIC insurance threshold at 
some of our banks. So you could have someone like Circle or one of these other crypto companies have more than 250 grand in account in accounts, maybe a lot more, and who knows when they're getting that back, if at all. So this could so from what I'm understanding there, this could have like a, like what you're saying a cascading effect. It's like this uh, another company has all their money in Silicon Valley Bank or a lot of money in there. They can't get it out for who knows how long if they ever can. Right. And then they have to like default. Is that would that be the word I use? They would have to just shut down. No, but like I if mean, they owe someone, like it's just like they're fucked. Yeah. Basically. Oh yeah. 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 So wh- let me let me ask you this. But also, I mean, look, companies that have their payroll there and they can't meet payroll, that means layoffs. Like today and Monday are going to be massive layoffs in Silicon Valley if companies can't fucking pay people. I, I just got a text. I, I've been let go from Juicero. <laughs> this is you can't stop talking about Juicero. Because I think my idea is, I was telling, I don't know, Jacob, I might be your way on this. I feel like Juicero would hit right now. Yeah. They put out Juicero now? It's an actual physical product. We haven't had many of those. <laughs> We're going crazy. Yeah, that's yeah. true. Let me ask you guys this, though. What is Silvergate? Silvergate was a bank, was until recently, a <laughs> yeah. bank in, uh, I believe, the San Diego area. Uh-huh. Um, and they catered to crypto companies. I mean, they were mostly about working with crypto companies. Um, they had something called the Silvergate Exchange Network, which was sort of their own private. Okay, that sounds like an MLM. Yeah, it's sort of like the circle where everyone shared money. Yeah. Um, it, it was their own kind of settlement system that, and their own private blockchain where uh, their client companies, which at one point was practically everyone in crypto, like 1,600 companies, could pass could do deals with each other and, and settle transactions without ever really, I think, entering the mainstream banking system or going outside of Silvergate, really. Um, you know, I think there's some th- things yet to be learned about how that operated, but that was one of the main attractions for crypto companies, like, because you could do this and pass money back and forth or make deals with uh, other companies, which they were doing all the time, and it wouldn't be as noticeable, I think, as if you're going through mainstream banking or moving money on the blockchain. Um, I talked to one hedge fund guy, and he was like, he was sort of trying to figure out what happened at FTX. And he's like, that was his theory, which was that, you know, if you're moving a lot of money around, especially potentially illegally, you can either do it through regular banks, uh, in which case there'll be reports filed and stuff like that. Yeah. Yeah. Or you could do it on the blockchain, which is somewhat public. Or in which case also reports will be filed. Yeah. yeah. You know, people will be looking at you at least. (laughs) Or you can do it. In something like this, the Silvergate Exchange Network, um, Signature here in New York has something similar, but um, which is kind of like almost a bank within the bank, it seems like, or a marketplace within the bank. I think that like what, it's funny because, you know, I was just thinking about this, that during the 08 crash, one of the big takeaways was, oh, there's a massive shadow banking system. Right. That was like one of the things that everyone was always talking about where they're like, oh, all of this stuff was happening, but we didn't really no one really had access to it. No one really understood how all of this was working. And in this moment, it seems like there's a lot more shadow institutions that we're kind of we still don't know exist. But like or like we don't know yet how deep and wide all this the kind of like shadow money moving systems are. And like even in the crypto world, which is also already a sh- it's like already yeah. a shadow system, there's like a second or third like shadow. Right, right. All these different shadow entities yeah. that these guys use in order to like prop up these these companies that yeah, have real risk into like the real banking system. Yeah, and, real and, exposure. And I mean. anytime obviously someone in crypto says like, oh, it's all on the blockchain, it's publicly accessible or whatever that's bullshit because yeah because like 
first of all, there are many blockchains, many wallets, companies are moving around crypto all the time. Like people can track some of the stuff, but you can't necessarily track everything or know who's on the other end of a wallet, things like that. Like, you know, for Binance, for example, they've been moving a lot of huge volumes of yeah. crypto around in recent months, like billions of dollars worth, and they have excuses for all of it, but it certainly looks weird. Um, so, yeah, I, I think we're, what we're starting to see is like also how many institutions sort of, or not even institutions, like entities perform bank-like functions. Right, totally. With none of the protections, often a lot of illegality, yeah. you know, often in like the Seychelles or something like that. Sure. Or even at Silvergate, like we now know that um, one of the main things that FTX did was they just, they set up some accounts there under Alameda. And then they just never bothered really to have FTX accounts. They set up an account under a fictional company called North Dimension. Which North like, Dimension? <laughs> great, great. That's really good. Name. It yeah. sounds kind of like, you know, like an 80s production company or, or just something. Like, I, that sounds like a great fleece. Yes, yeah. yes. I might so, be wearing that today. Yeah, actually. I love um, the North Dimension. And they had they had a website for it where it was like a fake electronics retailer. Yes, and so people, that was so weird. I mean, that's so With sketchy. the address was like in Berkeley. I tried to figure that out actually because they're okay, Dick. They're they're just like not that far from my own apartment actually. And, and I was like, like, he was here. And it's at another building where like other Berkeley related entities seem to have offices. I, I contacted the building where they were where they were listed their offices. Such I never got anything. Journalist. But uh, yeah. wait, okay. <laughs> I need to go back to it now that we're 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 kind of like talking about FTX. Let's back up sure, a bit sure. because we haven't actually gone through and talked about. FTX or SBF or anything that's been going on since our episode on it, which is really when the big explosion happened. Right. Back in like, what, end of October, early November when it was? Yeah, the, the balance sheet that, re- that yeah, helped when the start yeah. this, that the was November sheet. 2nd. Yeah, there we go. The company collapsed a few days later and the whole thing with, with CZ about to buy the company and then he didn't. Uh, so, what a sh- I love the guy. He's a shark. <laughs> it was a pretty sort of like cagey, aggressive move. Yeah, like, you could tell. Oh, oh, I'm going to stab you in the ribs and now I'm pulling yeah, out the knife. Sam yeah, Sam was pissed. Yeah. So let's back up. Oh, sure, sure. So for our listeners yeah. who don't listen to all of our episodes, first of all. I hate you. <laughs> Fuck you. Yeah. Second of all, listen up, jokers. Yeah, we got a real guy we here. We got some splaining to do. Yeah. So what is FTX? Who is Sam Bateman right. Free? It's about to get pedantic. Get ready. Let's do it. Um, so, yeah, I have this this <laughs> podcast that I'm doing for uh, – it's starting on uh, March 13th, four episodes about basically FTX and the, the, a sort of a – a history of it as much as we could in four episodes and how did this whole thing happen? How did this sort of awkward guy who was falsely painted as this genius accumulate this huge crypto empire in like three years and then it all went under? Yeah. Um, well, mine hasn't gone under yet, but yeah. I'm rooting for you long term. Yeah, you. yeah. I'm <laughs> bullish. Um, so, you know, there are a lot of people in crypto who maybe had questions about, FT- about FTX, but really it was – the leading one, of the leading companies. Yeah. It was Sam was the face of crypto in like yeah. North America. Such and, a crazy face. Yeah. <laughs> also, if you're gonna have a face of crypto, I don't think that should be the He's face. He's a two. He's a living two. I'm sorry. It's crazy. The on man a, is on a twenty point scale. Sorry. Go on. It's. <laughs> uh, I'll leave that kind of commentary to yeah, you guys. That's why I'm here. You know. Yeah. 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 yeah, <laughs> yeah of yeah, course. Yeah, of course. Yeah. Yeah. But um. You know, and they, you know, they were involved in a, everything that every other crypto company was involved yeah. in, just at a bigger scale. And like some people said, oh, they're way too into shit coins, but like who wasn't, you know? And um, so there weren't yeah. necessarily like direct red flags. There were things like all of crypto is a red flag, yeah. or they're the biggest business partner of Tether. That I'd say mm. was a red flag, uh, and that's something we could talk about. But you know, before November of 2022, there was this feeling like. Okay, crypto is collapsing, at least somewhat. 
all these companies are going bankrupt, like Celsius, 3AC, um, uh, Doquan with Terra. But somehow FTX was still standing and had yeah. money to bail people out and right. to sort of pick survivors. There were all these J.P. Morgan comparisons and stuff. Um, yeah, he was FTX was supposed to be the like legit version of crypto. Yeah, they were going like, to make it safe for the masses. Even like big, yeah, big financial press. You know, they were basically like Bloomberg, famous. You know, they were like, oh, we know crypto is kind of scammy, but FTX, we swear this is like the real deal. Yeah, fame. I mean, that that's no. like uh, from again. Like, I'm not a big. I mean, I, a good friend of mine is really big into crypto, but I'm not. <laughs> Uh, and I knew who FTX was because it's like, oh, this is like they're gentrifying crypto. Yeah. You know? Totally. And, you know, he was obviously manipulating the, p- the political process quite yeah. openly. Uh, yes. There's no secret about that. I mean, you had, you had regulators posting selfies with him. Actually, you know what you should say, your friend should say sometime? Um, uh, when I when I talk to people in crypto and, and you, you ask them about, like, their Bitcoin, no one ever wants to say, like, when exactly they got in or how much they have. But, like, like oh, I, I had a lot, but I lost it in a boating accident. <laughs> I, I don't know why, but I've heard that from like Michael Saylor said that in a video, no and I've way. heard that from other people too. What is? What, I don't understand what that means. I think it means like, oh, I can't account for it or something. I, they seem to think it's so funny when they say it. There's a video of Michael Saylor saying it. There's a video. Um, this how other does guy Michael Saylor still have limbs? Like you yeah. think that they would all be broke? Well, be broken? How is by a guy like, named Michael crypto. Saylor talking about a boating accident? <laughs> <laughs> what the hell does this guy think he's fooling? But that, like, that's their little their little quip that they think is funny. That's crazy. Like, oh, you can't find my crypto. Is he still liquid? Is he still around talking? He's I still wish, around, I wish he but like liquid. he's being he's, <laughs> being, boating he's being sued <laughs> for tax evasion by Washington DC. Yeah, there so you go. And like you gotta think that he owes all kinds of people. There was there used to be all these accounts on Twitter where they were like tracking when he was yeah. getting uh getting margin called. Yeah. And there would be like it was back before Elon killed all the, the Twitter um API calls. But yeah. he would there would be people just like, oop, alert, sailor getting margin call. Oop, alert. It was very funny. Anyway, yeah. okay. FTX, back okay, to so, it. Um, so this <laughs> this balance sheet gets released in CoinDesk on on uh, Coindesk. which is an industry publication, probably the best of the industry publications. Right. Um, it, on November second, it basically shows like Alameda, which is supposed to be Sam's hedge fund that he owns but doesn't really pay attention to. Yeah. Um, it's, in a, it's in a different part of the manse. Yeah, it's like he lives <laughs> in, like my with these people, but yeah, he claims he there's a separation or a yeah. firewall, the Chinese and, wall. Yeah, exactly. And basically, what the balance sheet shows is like. This company doesn't have much real money, and it's a lot of shit coins and a lot that they've overvalued. And also, a lot of it was just FTX's own token, which was FTT. That's how I've always understood it. Right. FTX was printing – I'm doing heavy quotation marks Mm -hmm. around that – printing their own money and being like, look how much money we have that we made. That's essentially right. And they were using it for major deals, too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, and kind of marking it up uh, over its trading value. And I mean, it was already worth less than they thought it was because if you try to sell that stuff, no one wants it. I think the craziest thing about FTX is that it's the most like the most vulgar version of someone explaining Bitcoin like to someone who's just never even heard of it. And it's like the most critical, like vulgar version of just like, oh, it's just printing something fake and then selling it and someone bought that's literally what FTX was doing. Yeah. This has been this has been since we started ever covering crypto. I every time because I'm like, I don't know this stuff. I don't yeah. understand this stuff. This has to be more complicated than I think. And then cause I'm like, this can't be just guys making up money and then other people pretending it's real. 
but that's what it is and i don't i don't understand it because everyone seems older than me and have more money than me <laughs> but it seems fake to me it's just like it's like if you found a continent where everyone could do magic that doesn't make any sense that analogy that continent but that exists. Kind of would be crazy yeah, yeah. the bahamas yeah, City that's where London. you do the magic. One of the greatest continents of the world. <laughs> um, but no, that's the thing with crypto is like you always think like, am I crazy or yeah. stupid or something? Is this as stupid as I think it is? And it's usually like dumber than you think it is. Yeah, I mean, I know we've pointed to this before. I mean, you pointed it to it in your podcast too. So like you had SBF literally on, you know, Bloomberg's show with Matt Levine and Joe Wiesenthal literally explaining his own operation as you have a like empty black box and you just say what it's worth and people believe you and you put money into it and it just I mean it was just absurd it was crazy yeah that that uh, speaking of red flags I mean that was something where people were like okay it was like you know the oh my god he admitted meme stinky yeah like, yes. like okay so that shows of course that people on the inside of the industry are very cognizant of what they're doing and what yeah. kind of like economic operations they're undertaking but he still some, somehow thinks he can kind of BS his way through it and make it seem like, I mean, even that interview he talks about, well, there might be more benefits down the road. And that's what we're hearing about a lot about from, uh, from crypto people over the last couple of years in, with like NFTs and stuff like that. Like, it's not useful now, but you're going to get a lot of benefits later. You'll you be able buy to do Counter-Strike skins for Nike Air Force Maxes. <laughs> I mean, that could be huge. Yeah, it'd be crazy. Yeah. So it so then every, the bottom falls out. Yeah, so when people really realize, okay, Sam Bankman-Free and his crypto empire doesn't have a lot of real money, or at least the Alameda side, which was supposed to be separate. Yeah. We quickly find out that's not the case. But what happens is, so enter CZ, the CEO of Binance, um, the biggest exchange in the world, no real headquarters. He lives mostly, he lives mostly in Dubai. Shady, incredible character himself. Yes. I, so this is another thing I don't understand. For my whole life, I believe that if you have a business, you generally have a place where that takes place. Yeah. This, Binance has no headquarters. Like, there's no office of there Binance. There are offices where people work. In Hong but, Kong, right? Well, in a few places. For a while, they weren't saying. And, like, you could find stuff like, oh, they de like if you look at, like, Glassdoor, it seemed that they had, an, like, from the reviews, mm. it seems like, oh, they have an office in, in Malaysia. But, you know, the, the things that <laughs> I found out for sure, office. like, you know, I've tried to deal with their comms a lot, like their comms guy who's pretty active on Twitter too. And he finally says, like, okay, we have – a hub in Paris okay. and a hub in the UAE, which they're now acknowledging as yeah. hubs. They now acknowledge that that um, CZ lives a lot of the time in Abu Dhabi, and they claim they're going to have some, some sort of headquarters or where they're actually like domiciled as a company will be made clear. They've said Cayman Islands, but like the thing with Binance is it's a lot like I mean FTX. We knew where it's based, but. There are a lot of similarities. Like there are these webs of company or networks of companies, and you don't know how many there are. Yeah. There are weird people who are put as the directors or beneficial owners on some of these Binance ones. Um, CZ actually wrote a blog post after I got into it with his comms guy on, on the internet because there's this woman named Guan Ying Chen mm -hmm. who works for um, Binance. And she's become sort of this bogeyman for people who are critical of Binance. Like the, there are people suing Binance and stuff like that, customers. And but, and there, people wondered, who is this person? Because yeah. I, I started looking her up. She is the sole director of some b important Binance subsidiaries, like 
a company in Malta, a company in Ireland, like. Great, two great places. Two, yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, there's a third one in Switzerland. Which, All my shit's registered yeah. out of Malta. And, and so, like, <laughs> there, this woman, no one knows who she is. And CZ tries, CZ's whole thing is like, we're not a Chinese company. We're not affiliated with the CCP or anything like that. Um, you know, he's of Chinese heritage, but a, a Canadian citizen. Yeah. He never comes to North America. He didn't come to, to Canada when his dad died. His um, his comms guy claims he comes to the U.S. Uh, kind of in secret, not for public events. Mm, but interesting. That's the first I've heard of that. Um, but you know, he lives a certain life of someone who's kind of avo- avoiding certain jurisdictions. It seems like. Yeah. And then there's this woman Guanying Chen, who's na- who's basically the 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 director of all these companies that we know are important parts of the Binance system. That like they're European operations. She could she basically owns them. Um, and so I started asking, or I think this was over the summer, and at first I got kind of scolded because that supposedly I was putting some person in danger. Who mm. like, They claimed that when they left China, Binance was kicked out of China lo- along, uh, along with a lot of other crypto right. companies. Respect. Yeah, why yeah. not? And, um, and that they all became like enemies of the state, and this woman had to leave her family behind and blah, blah, blah. Um, you know, I'm, not, I'm being flippant, but there's sort of reason to be. Um, because the story doesn't quite add up. And then CZ writes this blog post directed towards me, basically, though he doesn't name me. He called me a former Washington Post reporter or whatever. Um, Is that true? I've written for them, but I've never worked for them. Okay, I yeah. almost ended this. I know, I know, yeah. <laughs> <sighs> okay, deep breath. Um, and uh, and it's, it becomes this whole thing about how... At, Asking questions about the company or about him or this woman is racist because he, you know, he wants to do this thing. We're not a Chinese company, but really, it's like, no, who is this person? Yeah. And so what they say is this was an early employee of the company, and they needed someone, a Chinese citizen, to put her name on legal documents. Mm, okay. Makes no sense because her name is on corporate registrations in Europe. Yeah. Um, so, and it makes no sense for a number of reasons. Why couldn't you find a Chinese lawyer? They have lawyers in China. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, put yeah. someone like that. But their telling is she's a back office administrator who was a very early employee. Yeah, so she's not. She's something Yeah. Else. Recently, the same guy, Patrick Hillman, their comms guy, said on Twitter to me that she, in public, that she was a co-founder. And I had never heard that before. That was the first, I, So I said a she- A co-founder? I said, With I need, CZ? Yeah. W- CZ and the other woman whose name is, I believe, yeah. Yi Hei. And- um, but I was like, oh, I just upgrade her to co-founder. I should get a cut of that or a little Yeah, yeah, but, yeah. Uh, <laughs> you should get a portion of her salary. So, yeah. you know, there are all these weird things going on about who owns Binance, who's running it. The China connections, people can ask about them, but you can s- set that all aside and just, like, look at all the other stuff. And, yeah. like, CZ is being investigated all over the world. So is the company. Um, just today, actually, um, uh, they're, they're Binance US, which is supposed to be separate, which is not. It's interesting because I've heard that before. Yeah, the FTX right. Just like a similar FTX, operation. Same yeah. thing. They are supposed to take over another bankrupt crypto company called Voyager. And just today, the um, the U.S. Attorney for Southern District of New York, who's prosecuting SBF, Damian Williams, he appealed that he doesn't want uh, Binance US to be able to absorb Voyager. So, like, U.S. authorities are definitely looking at Binance. Um, I don't know if they'll like have the the political will to bring something to the table, but like so anyway, so we have that lurking in the background, I guess. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry, that was a long tangent. Oh, no, good baby. But then you know, in the next few days, Binance is like, okay, maybe we'll bail you out. Talking about FTX. Binance says maybe they'll bail out FTX. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Right. Sorry. Excuse me. And um, and this all also originates from Binance and FTX are sort of linked from the beginning. Yeah. 
FTX was an uh, FTX got early investment from Binance, and at one point they basically wanted to go separate ways for various legal and shady reasons. And so FTX said, "Okay, we're going to buy out your share, but we're going to do it with the coin, the the tokens that we print and the tokens <laughs> that you print." So they they paid something like one point six billion dollars. It's not even paying, right? Right. It's, it's just, just using monopoly money. Exactly. It's like, okay, I'm going to give you my monopoly money, and you're going to give me your monopoly money. Yeah. So, But how can, like, any kind of legal acquisition, like, how could that go through? I don't know how it could actually be sort of legal in some sense, but <laughs> unless you, unless, um, you you're know. You're thinking in a 20th century frame. Yeah, right? unless people say, <laughs> unless that val- the value of those tokens is is sort of seen as, the actual value and not just a notional number on paper, right. you know what I mean? Like that those digital assets really do have the value you claim they do. So they bought, they use a mix of BUSD, uh, um, the Binance stablecoin, I believe. That, I think it was BUSD. And then FTT. The, um, and so what happens is that's like giving your future rival or enemy like the means to destroy you actually. Right. Like, because like if I give you all this token of mine or say like, you know, it's like if, if China decided to dump U.S., Debt or something like that. Like it would hurt China, but they would take us the hell down. I mean, they. uh, It's it's sort of a similar idea. Like, so CZ says, I don't like what I see here. I'm going to sell all my FTT tokens. This is all within a few days in early November, and of course that like the price plummets and that starts a bank run FTX. And that's when CZ says, Oh well, maybe I'll buy you guys on the cheap and rescue you. And at that point, it seemed like Sam was quite desperate. And was like, okay, great. Like, it seemed like he was, like, ready to make that deal happen. Yeah, yeah. Anything to get anyone to not look under the hood of FTX, basically. Yeah, I think you're totally right because that's a good point because right now we knew that things were wrong there, but we didn't know, like, $8 billion have been shifted from FTX to Alameda. Yeah, yeah, we didn't know the full extent. Yeah, so, and if you kind of think that crypto is a cartel or that people have a lot of dirt on each other or at least mutual interests— then it might have been in in in, um, in CZ's interest to just snap up FTX and keep the plate spinning. Yeah. But he took supposedly he took a look at and yeah and Sam was desperate. I mean there was an interesting line from Sam who can be you know sort of an arrogant nerd in his own way on Twitter or talk shit towards people in the past. He said to CZ on Twitter, he's like he didn't name him, but he said something like to a certain rival you won. Or yeah, like yeah, that. I remember yeah. that. Like he he took the knee. Yeah, and then. A day or two later, CZ says, "Actually, we looked at the books. It's it's too bad here. We can't rescue this company." And that and just that was like the death. That mail. was it. That was so mean. It was brutal. I mean, like, the, I but thought it, that was was pretty. Savage. I mean, not to like. I mean, I get it though. Can you oh, imagine yeah. if Binance had absorbed that shit show? It would. Yeah, probably. I don't know if he could have yeah. kept the the plates going. And Binance kind of wants to be overseas. Like they have the Binance US, but like there's a reason why that's their their Potemkin operation here. I mean, you may have heard of something called the the Tai Chi document, which Forbes' report on, and, and other places Reuters. But it was first broken by Forbes. So you, a couple of years ago, a consultant uh, to to Binance presented them with a, a presentation. It was called the. It was called something like the Tai Chi strategy or the Tai Chi document, and uh, so uh, that's what they called it, not me. Um, and it was basically kind of like, well, you set up a front 
in different countries of, you know, you'll have a Binance US and it'll look like, hey, this is our regulated entity in the US, but yeah. it's really just kind of like a placeholder or a fig leaf to like have a presence, look like you're following the law. Most of the action is, is offshore on mm. global Binance. And meanwhile, you also encourage customers in those countries to use VPNs and to actually trade on the yeah, mothership. Yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah. FTX, if you really look at it, it was a lot like that. But with, with Binance, this was like a document that people mm. have seen that was presented. Supposedly it was approved. Binance denies it, but there's a lot of leaked communications and surrounding it. I'm sorry. Obviously, this is the. I mean, I it's like how it's like, structured. And to be clear, like on the global exchanges, they would want people doing that because they can get away with a lot of like insane leverage. Yes. That I mean, they can play around with just insane, yeah. insane margins in ways that you just can't in the U.S. or in other countries where it's heavily regulated for the safety of customers. Totally, right? because that's how they're fucking stealing people's money. Absolutely. I mean, one of the main ways is yeah, get people to gamble. I mean, it's all gambling, and then give yeah. them a hundred x margin or leverage, and like suddenly, and you know, if if things go up one percent, they're great. If it goes down one percent, everything's gone. You yeah. Know? Like, this is the thing. Like, I know. I listen. You're a journalist. You're a man of integrity. You can't just like cast aspersions and stuff. But I'm a guy who's known a lot of liars and a lot of people who are essentially criminal at heart and indeed. These guys are just bold, like they're just doing a scam. Like obviously they approve this document. Every, all these well, co- FTX works the same way. Yeah, right? FTX. Yeah. I was going to say FTX is completely set up or was set up the exact same way. Yeah, ostensibly separate, but really very entangled. And now we're seeing there was money moving back and forth. Um, Sam Bankman-Fried claims that FTX US was solvent. I mean, the new leadership at FTX says that's not true. Yeah. Um, which who I'm more inclined to believe, but um, yeah, it's very similar. I mean, one of my favorite little. Uh, mysteries, I guess, or little anecdotes from all this is, is like Binance US went through something like three CEOs in six or nine months. Mm-hmm. One of them was this woman named Catherine Cooley who worked, I th- believe, for Ripple before that. Mm. And so she was like a big crypto industry figure. Everyone knew who she was, got elevated, you know, got hired to be the CEO of the new Binance US when it launched. She lasted a few months. She ha- She literally has not been heard from since. No public statements, no social media posts, nothing. What? So people she got were like, miscavaged? People were like, is she dead? Yeah. Holy shit. They iced her? Uh, uh, my honest opinion, and this is not like I can't confirm this, but my guess would be that she's cooperating as a, as a oh. witness because oh, yeah. there have been sense. some references to her in some of these articles in Reuters, the Wall Street Journal, that make it yeah. seem like she's cooperating with the government. There were some articles in the crypto press like, where did she go? Yeah. Where friends of hers claimed she was still around, but like, this is unusual and weird. And then they went through two other CEOs, including like this guy, Brian Brooks, who worked for the Trump administration. Like people who you think would maybe be down with some of this stuff and those people weren't. And then finally, like two of the top executives now, Binance US, or at least Binance US, and I think one of their global guys, they got these two brothers from Uber to like help run so the show. Sick. Two I'm, brothers two from brothers Uber. Right? It's like, like the beginning like of keep it in the like, family yeah. and get like from a cutthroat company Oof. and like, so just the fact that Binance US doesn't seem like a real going concern and went through like major leadership, one of whom has disappeared, makes you ask a lot of questions. Yeah. Yeah. So Sam has been arrested. <laughs> yeah. So Sam got arrested about a month after the company collapsed, which uh, from my understanding, it's actually kind of quick uh, as these things go. Like the, him. Well, it uh, seemed like his, uh, you know, compatriots 
really turned on him real fast. Big time. Yeah. So now we have several of the main executives who were all his buddies. You know, most of these people are 30 years old or younger. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, one thing I, I, I do hate, though, is like when people say they were just kids. Like, no, like Sam was an adult man handling well, billions of dollars. A big thing among young people now is they love saying that your brain isn't fully developed until you're 25. And so my thing is my brain was fully developed at like seven. <laughs> so these people, I was, they let me drive then. I just didn't. My That's grandpa learned so, to drive at 12. Your head was so big for so long. My what? That's why your head was so big for so long. Exactly. Yeah. Well, Yakub and all that too. But yes. <laughs> uh, but so like they, but yeah, they're not children. They're 30 years old. Totally. And these people like worked, uh, like Sam and some of his friends came from Jane Street, which is a major yes. trading firm. Uh, like I've heard that people at Jane Street don't really like them, but, um, but you know, like it, these I, are not dummies and these people know laws and rules and they have lawyers and stuff like that. Um, I think there's a question about some of those lawyers. Like um, one guy who we don't really get to in the podcast, but who people should look into is Dan Friedberg. Dan Friedberg was a top lawyer at FTX. I forget his exact title. He worked on sort of policy and, and regulatory stuff. Dan Friedberg was with, along with a guy named Stuart Hogner. They were the main lawyers and compliance officers at a company called Ultimate Bet. And Ultimate Bet um, was oh, a poker I, yeah, company. Yeah, yeah, yeah and they course. had a god mode where they stole yes. tens of millions of dollars from like pro poker players and all these people. And like you could, they, their insiders could look at the cards of other players. So yeah. there's recordings on the internet about this, and like this is a confirmed thing that happened uh, up in Canada. And the, and that when all the poker sites were shut down a lot in the mid 2000s, a lot of those people went to crypto. Yeah, um, yeah. Similar ideas about money and well, it's government. It's all structured the same way too. It's very similar. All Actually, the exchanges are, it's all the same. Some people also point out that like, I mean, I'm not a programmer, but I've seen what they're referring to. In, the, in some of the early Bitcoin code, there was a poker room. You yeah, that would this. not surprise me So like there all. was poker code for a room to play poker in the original Bitcoin or yeah. early Bitcoin code. So there are all these connections there. Mm-hmm. So these guys helped cover up a fraud, basically. What happens a few years later, uh, Stuart Hogner becomes the chief lawyer for Tether, <laughs> where he still is. Mm-hmm. And Dan mm-hmm. Friedberg becomes the head of compliance and the top lawyer for FTX, which mm. then becomes Tether's largest customer. So, okay, let's talk about Tether for a second. For our listeners who aren't familiar, what? let's get the elevator pitch sure. for Tether. I'll, I'll really What's try the, to keep it brief. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And um, we can get into the relationship between FTX and Tether, which Tether is important. Tether is basically the, po- the poker chips of the casino. I think Gary Gensler yeah. said that. A lot of people said that. Um, and... They're the most pop. They're a stable coin, meaning they're supposed to always be worth one dollar mm-hmm. and backed by one real dollar in the bank. And well, they're one pe- real dollar-like entity. In the yeah, bank. and that's obviously the big question. I mean, it's or been- you could say it like this: No, one real dollar in the bank. <laughs> <laughs> I promise. I promise. One real dollar in the bank. In that bank. In uh, the bank. Owned a by dollar-shaped the- entity. Yeah. In a bank-shaped or equivalent <laughs> liquid assets. Yeah. yeah so. You know, to buy crypto, you can you can go on exchanges and often connect your bank account or use a credit card or something like that. But it's a lot easier to kind of use crypto to buy crypto or to oh, stay yeah. within the system yeah. so you don't have to trust, touch a real bank or have a taxable event by selling crypto. So what people will do is they'll often buy stable coins. They'll right. buy tethers or like I'll buy $500 worth of tethers, 500 tethers. And then I'll use that to go buy $500 worth of some crypto. Um, and that, and there are other things you can do with them, like on, you can put use them for DeFi and all these other things. But really, it's just sort of like the poker chips. Yeah. yeah. And the issue with them is that 
They've been the sketchiest company you can imagine since their inception with our friend Brock Pierce. Mm -hmm. And, um... Pedophile! <laughs> <laughs> and, um... Man, you really should get that looked and at. Pneumonia. Yeah, 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 it's rough. It's I, yeah, yeah, I heard yeah, you say yeah, that, yeah. 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 Um, yeah, Tether has been found to be lying about um, its its backing and perhaps be violating banking laws. I mean, they settled with the New York AG and with the CFTC. They paid millions in fines. From the from the point of view of the crypto industry, this is this is just the cost of doing business. But they're also banned from doing business in the state of New York. Recently, it was reported that um, their a lot of their assets are overseen by Cantor Fitzgerald, the mm. the financial firm that a lot of people die in 9/11 and they sort of grew back. But they're based in New York, so I do wonder if they're actually, mm. you know, violating the law again. But for a long time, Tether was the one who everyone assumed would go down, yeah. and that would yes. cause the cascade that just that maybe destroyed crypto. I think our first crypto episode was on Tether. Yeah, I thought I so, too. I would include myself in that. I yeah, that I thought so, too. And, you know, look, Tether broke its peg a couple times. Yeah. Uh, and every single time, everyone was like, here it comes, here we go. And then it was able to kind of... You know, sheer Magically magic of back. the market. Yeah. You know, kind of come back to the peg and and sort of stabilize itself with quite large printings. We'll say. Yeah. I mean, what will happen is periodically there's this account called Whale Alert yeah. that says when there's a big movement of crypto, and so you'll have some alert that says Tether printed a billion dollars worth of Tether, which is so much money. Mm -hmm. And then they're and they're like, oh, we're sending it to Tron, which is run by Justin Sun. Who's Tron like, is real. <laughs> I hope so because this company is called Tron, but it's like my favorite re like shady crypto. Justin company. Sun, I know about this guy. He's a amazing. guy so illegal that he lives in Panama now. He lives in Grana Grenada. Grenada, 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 Grenada. Where we invaded. Different. Well, we also invaded Panama, but that's yes. true. That's uh, true. <laughs> we did. We oh did God. invade Grenada, which is, by the way, that is an insane story. He's a diplomat for that. Yeah, I was gonna say he's literally in the government. How they have fallen since Maurice Bishop. But there, there's a there's a great article. <laughs> There's a great article that I recommend to a lot of people. I, I forget the name of the author, but it's on, on the Verge, uh, the Verge website. It's called like the Many Escapes of yes. Justin Sun. Yes, I've read it's that. Really it's good. really good because it just shows you how he's fled jurisdiction to jurisdiction, and now he's in the Caribbean, and he calls himself His Excellency. I think he's hilarious. So but all, sick. I mean, I think it's either in that piece or another one where it's like all of these guys are on the run. They all are from, in one form or like another. Every They're just country hopping. Brock Pierce is the same thing. Yes. He's like constantly... Puerto Rico. Yeah, going from country to country. I mean, clearly CZ is like whatever he's yeah, doing. Or yeah, or even Sam. They started... Well, yeah. first, like he was trading a little bit in Berkeley. Then they go to Hong Kong, I think. And then they go into the Caribbean. I think at one point... They were maybe registered in Antigua, but they were used, yeah. they were in the Bahamas. Yeah. Um, so they're always like jurisdiction shopping or doing like sort of jurisdictional arbitrage or just outright running from the law. I guess my thing is that, and again, I'm coming at this as an outsider, right? If I was going to get involved in some kind of financial investment opportunities, right? If every founder of all the companies in the thing that I'm involved in uh, are constantly having to move to various islands <laughs> due to the fact that they're uh, doing crimes, I, that would give me pause. Yeah. This, yeah. Am I like, am I insane? Like it's like this is, is why this I've never they have invested. To keep building islands in the Gulf is just to, so they can start creating more and more jurisdictions China's for these guys. Islands to in the south, <laughs> the south China Sea. That's they should start renting to, those out to Bitcoin That's why companies. we have to, you know, take over. We, we have, to invade, have to invade and go to China. war with China yeah, so, so we, we can get have their more islands. Bitcoin jurisdictions. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. the, yeah. the sand islands. Yeah, so yeah. that's you know. 
Mischief Reef. The long game. Yeah. So Good enough for me to go to war. <laughs> all right. Justin's son. He's, so he's all over the place. He's kind of the last man standing in some ways, besides, of course, CZ and some of these others. But, like, he still seems to be doing whatever he wants. And he's he's Tron's main business partner. I mean, sorry, he is Tron. He's <laughs> Tether's main business partner. He supposedly was trying to get a rescue package together for FTX, That's which right. is ridiculous. I mean, it's like a... It's like the Harlem Globetrotters bailing out the Knicks or something. Like, I don't know. It's just <laughs> Which, absurd. Which, by the way, I would love to see, although the Knicks are doing very well. Could be fun. I, also, Could be fun. Well, I will say the Harlem Globetrotters only basketball game team I've ever seen play a game. You they should go see a Knicks game. The Knicks are great right now. They're super fun. Yeah. Um, you got to no go to Madison Globe Square. Globetrotters, I'm not really. You got to go to Madison Square. I'll go there performing. <laughs> Here we go. You guys will do a show there eventually. No, 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 no. I have some acoustic ballads. <laughs> oh, nice, nice. <laughs> so, okay, Tron is like, we're going to bail out FTX. And that, of course, fails. Yeah. And, then, and then CZ doesn't come through. And then basically on, I believe, the morning of, I think it was November 11th, at 4.30 in the morning, according to Sam, under severe pressure from everyone around him, which he now regrets, he signs the bankruptcy filing for FTX for over 130 companies, which everyone's like, why do you have 130 companies? Yeah, they're all fake shell companies. Yep. And uh, and then uh, this guy, John J. Ray the the third, who's sort yeah. of like out of big law central casting. Yeah, yeah, totally. like, Yeah, he really he's is ridiculous. For his, he his name, the he Enron. Yeah, he, came, right? he was the cleanup artist kind of who came in after Enron and Nortel, which we right. mentioned in the podcast too, because I believe they're Canadian companies. So Got to keep it local, of course. Um, and he comes in and is like, this is the worst shit I've ever seen. Yeah. Like, uh, yeah, I mean, it was a fake fake company run by 30-year-old drug addicts. Possibly, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, yeah, um, yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. just like no list of employees, no risk management, which even Sam acknowledges there was no risk management department. Um, you know, basic facts about their how much money they had or where and all this stuff, like no one seemed to know. Um, yeah. And... Yeah, it, I think that's why also, frankly, it didn't last very long. Like, I, I'm, I'm going to write a piece, I think, about kind of uh, FTX as, like, a business, as a fraud. You know, like, mm. Bernie Madoff was, like, really good at being a criminal. Yeah, like, yeah he kept and that it thing, went on for decades. He kept that thing going for decades. Like, yeah. Sam, I think, was very good, uh, allegedly, at bringing in all this money and sort of getting spinning this thing up. But he cannot keep it going. Which I want to talk about for a second because I find him to be one of the least charismatic people I've ever heard in my life. And yet perhaps it says more about the crypto space and the kind of what journalists and big financial people were working with out there. Maybe that's the best they got. Yeah. But I got to say, listening to him talk, first of all, the, the inside of my ear like – just starts to kind of like twist into itself because but, he's but so woman. annoying. But as a woman. I just – no, he's so dirty looking. What if he was funny? Here's my thing. How did he actually perpetuate this? Because like yeah. you say, he's not good at being a criminal. He seems very dumb. He's clearly hopped up on like intense amphetamines. He's shaking like a leaf. Yeah, yeah, like yeah. all the time. He doesn't seem to know like basic accounting or even yeah. like he can't cover up the fake accounting because he doesn't actually know any accounting principles. Yeah. And yet it's, he has Steph Curry and which I hate to mention and Tom Brady in commercials like shelling his like fake company at the Super Bowl. Yeah. So it, it's weird. It is that like. Silicon Valley anti-charisma where they yeah. meet like a nerdy white guy and they think, oh, you're a genius for reasons I don't fully understand. It's kind of like the Zuckerberg treatment. Um, 
you know, there was this inc- this is hilariously over the top article written for Sequoia, like sponsored content yes. kind of thing. Yeah, a lot of people saw. Oh, yeah, 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 it's yeah, now yeah. you can find it on the Internet Archive. But like, yeah, they took that thing. They got to arrest. I'm sorry, I hate to interrupt. I don't want to. Please, do, please. Sequoia Capital. If you work there, there should be checkpoints and every street. <laughs> In New York, in California, and if you have that, you are just taken to a place that is just like absent That's from how I feel any, about Jane any map. Street. I see these young kids on the train sometime, and they have their little Jane Street tote bag, and I like so bad want to like little Liz noise. Like <laughs> I should get your bones if you work for Sequoia. Like they should just give those to people. That's crazy because I've never seen a person who represented themselves as an employee for Sequoia who is approached even an ounce of being a regular human being. Yeah. They are fucked up dogs. So, <laughs> sorry. Except without the big dicks the dogs have. No disrespect. No disrespect to the dogs. To the dogs. Um, yeah, so, you know, there there was this ridiculous article where when he was pitching Sequoia, he was playing video games, which yes! he did in other meetings, and they knew, and they thought, like, oh, this guy's so cool. What he, a genius! He could game <laughs> while pitching us. Like, that just, Bro, what? why is that good? And, like, they thought he was going to be the first trillionaire, they said in the article. Just stuff that I don't, there must be something in the air or in the water or in those rooms that they pipe in. How the mighty have fallen. You know, you see the, like, culture of Wall Street criminality from Wolf of Wall Street. And you're like, damn, so cool. Leo, <laughs> what a badass. That Margot lady, Robbie, hot as hell. I do find her annoying. Although, however, yeah, clearly lying annoying. about her age, which yes. I do really? think, I do think is a woman's right. I, yeah, I do too, but I do find her to be annoying. I look. The I didn't, see the, I didn't does, see the bad movie uh, that you did. Repulsive. I think she's fine. She just needs. She needs to get out of the contract with with uh, Chanel. It's not doing her. She any needs favors. a guy. Anyway, like me. then you see. You know, fast forward whatever it is, 30, 40 years. Don't, I don't know the math on that. Mm-hmm. And it's like. What the hell? Yeah. Nerds took over. This guy, yeah. he's doing this a drug like I never shit. even heard of. He's putting on his arm, his little patch. You know, when when he was calling to court in the Bahamas, we interviewed a, a journalist from Coindesk who was, I think, the only non-Bahamian journalist there mm. for his initial arraignment. Um, he And this has been reported, but she was talking about this. He was in court and in the Bahamas, and he says, I need to take my medicine or, or something like that. And, right. and the judge says, okay. And he's like, I need to take my shirt off. And so those. he leaves the room. That's kind of Wolf of Wall Street stuff. He leaves the room, uh, puts on one of his patches, apparently, and he com- and he had been shaking like a leaf, as you said before then. He comes back in. F- a few minutes later, he's totally calm. And he's got like a chiseled jawline. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So you've met. You've met. Once. Sam. Yeah. One, I met Sam once over the summer. I uh, worked on a book with Ben McKenzie that's coming out, but uh, and we interviewed him for that. And I've talked to him online. Uh, we uh, we talk about this in the podcast a bit. He DM'd yeah. me some. Like I wouldn't say I had a like you know it was source like or journalist source relationship. I never he but he was kind of just DMing. He would, I think he just liked he to was, talk like, to people. Up on, at, well, he was up all night. Up all night on drugs and online and a crypto guy. Of course, he's in the DMs. Yeah, yeah. and all one one thing that someone said to me. Um, this guy caught him at the Financial Times, who we talked to also is a great journalist. Um, so, yeah, all these guys, you know, they're online all the time. They're producing content all the time. Like, mm-hmm. and, and, Not a good mix. Yeah, and I think Sam just sort of liked to reach out to a lot of people and kind of keep tabs on people. But he, his main thing with me seemed to be trying to convince me that Tether wasn't a scam. Mm. And, um, Bro. 
And he would often point to this Financial Times article about Tether that goes into the background of Giancarlo Devasini, the uh, guy who basically runs it. We've and, talked about him yeah, before. The, the, the plastic the surgeon. Yeah, yeah, and yeah, yeah. Like, and he would basically just say things to me like, they're messy, but they're not a scam. Well, they have a real link. I mean, Tether and FTX, too. I mean, they were using, they have like some pretty close ties. Yeah, Alameda, over the course of its lifespan, bought something like $36 billion worth of Tethers. I'm sorry, that's so much money? It's incredible. Yeah. I don't understand. Who's, where does the money go? Yeah. I mean. But stop saying money. Okay, because well, it's that's, not that's money. True, yeah. It's only money when it's when realized. It's cashed out. That's what. Yeah, that's yeah, you're true. Right. And it's not. It's fake. It's it's. Fakey. I keep all my money fake in cash. Money. Yeah, <laughs> and, and, and that's one of those questions of like, you know, there's a lot we already know from the filings and from, you know, Caroline Ellison, Nishat Singh, and all these other people pleading guilty, and all the other people who are gonna plead guilty. I mean, even Dan Freeberg, that guy I talked, I mentioned earlier, claims he wants to cooperate. Um, but there's still these open questions like. Yeah, they probably didn't give 36 billion U.S. dollars to Tether even over no. a long period, but like they probably got some Tethers for free or discounted and then maybe paid them back later. I mean, who knows what was going on? But there's a real question of like, at least how did those 36 billion dollars worth of Tethers, and again, all these are fake numbers, but kind of pass through Alameda and where did they go and uh, and what happened to a lot of that stuff? Well, one of the other, I mean, we were kind of joking about it before, but one of the big questions about Tether is like what actually is backing it, right? Yeah. I mean, we were joking that it's backed by, you know, a dollar-like thing. Well, I, but that's because it says it yeah. has a basket, whatever that means, of, you know, various securities and assets and, you know, maybe like, I don't know what, like, T-bills or whatever yeah, now the fuck they it's say got it's in there. a lot there, of T-bills. Which maybe what? I mean, they've had a lot of buyers yeah. of T-bills recently. But, um, and like big whale buyers. But, um, you know, and maybe they were able to actually clean out a lot of the junk that they were holding and kind of convert it for, to treasuries. I mean, yeah, basically. But some people do wonder that. And, like, it's a legitimate question. Like, that, did they have all this bad commercial paper and yeah. stuff? And then they were able to turn it sort of into better assets. But yeah. I'm not Over sure. Over the past, like, yeah. year or so, as this kind of, like, fire sales happened. But, I mean, because that's the whole thing is, like, it could it could also be that they're holding FTT or they yeah. were holding F. That was a big question when FTX was you know crashing everyone was like well how much of tether is backed by ftt that's a good question too yeah like Which, if they were going to give tether anything for uh, if not uh, for tethers i mean it would either probably be dollars or their own token yeah, yeah. and so to be i mean because that's the thing right if they're if they're buy buying quote unquote buying that much tether like we're saying they're not paying cash like cash is not being exchanged it's all funny money yeah, yeah. right yeah and so like but people, like regular people who go and trade stuff on crypto exchanges, are buying tethers with real money. Yes. Yeah. And, and Alameda wasn't. Yes. That's who's so the real money is entering the system mostly a couple ways. Like the venture capital money that that Sam raised, which is something like two billion dollars from mm -hmm. Sequoia and whoever else. And then but really a lot of the real dollars coming into the system, which they need a constant stream of because this is basically a highly distributed Ponzi scheme. Is, is coming from customers, from the people who believe Seth Curry or the other sales pitch, and they're like, okay, I'll go, I'll go on FTX and gamble a thousand bucks. That's where the real money comes from, and that's what the industry kind of started running out the of, sucker. I think, over that's the last year. That's the suckers, year. yeah. Yeah, they, they, and you can look. Retail volume in crypto peaked in May 2021, I believe. Yeah. And people are leaving the casinos. Yeah. And so that contributed to a lot of this collapse last year. It's like, they, 
who had real money left. It was either gone or stolen or wherever else. Well, it was for the past couple years, too. You had big whale players that were really, like, moving. Brendan Fraser. (laughs) No, no, but, like, I mean, like, hedge funds playing around with crazy, crazy buys and... You know, that was really like, you know, all these people, you know, getting a lot of retail sucked into pump and dump Mm -hmm. schemes, right, over the course of like the past couple years. But you had a lot of institutional money coming in just for playing around and making quick, you know, I don't know, quick arbitrage or on whatever shit coins are out there still. And then as, you know, the Fed started tightening and trying to get rid of all of the junk in the market, which... By the way, still going. Still got plenty to go. It's going to be real fun on the way down. Um, You know, you see all of this, like, liquidity kind of starting to dry up. And a lot of people, like, and a lot of these, like, shit companies are just left being like, fuck, we actually, like, don't have anything. Like, the the, the fucking, you know, the the floor is, like, falling out from under them. Yeah. And, you know, a lot of these loans had, like, no collateral or under-collateralized, like, the three AC guys, three arrows capital. I mean, these were the most shit talking, like sovereign citizen yeah, right winger yeah. guys who were based yeah, out of Singapore. Crazy. They were jerks too on Twitter, <laughs> and they're. I do think their their post collapse makeover is funny. Is still is one of them still missing? No, they both. So they both came back online right after Sam Bank yes, went yeah, down. Yeah, I remember that. As happening. did Do Kwan at one point. I think. Oh yeah. But, um, shout out to Do Kwan. Yeah. Shout out. <laughs> Heavy true and on shout out to Doe. Because that's crazy he's named after money. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, yeah, those guys had a had a loan, I think, of over a billion dollars from Grayscale, I believe, which mm, is in deep yeah. trouble as an American yeah. firm. I don't even know what the fuck that is. It just I, sounds like a scam. Yeah, right. Um, Grayscale? And that was a billion-dollar loan with no collateral as far yeah. as I know. Like, it was crazy. And so the 3AC guys lost like 2 or $3 billion of other people's money, disappeared, People told me that they thought those guys were dead, um, but yeah. obviously I, that didn't happen. Because, like, who, I mean, also, like, when you're in dealing with, like, a lot of money in sort of offshore jurisdictions or in authoritarian countries, like, I don't know. One thing I tell, like, you, you are potentially putting yourself in danger Sometimes, or taking some dirty yeah, money. someone's going to shove a gun so hard in your mouth that it cracks out your front teeth. Yeah, I mean, and, this whole thing is one big criminal network for money laundering. Like, what the fuck do you think you're involved yes, in? exactly, And yes. that, that's what I say to people, like, even just in a general sense, like, imagine you have a company, it's set up offshore, there are almost no laws around it, you give them a money printer, who do you think is going to show up? Criminals yeah. and intelligence agencies, probably. Yeah, absolutely. Um, like and... That's, and Child pornographers. Well, them too. Yeah, and there's definitely that happening. And there's a too. lot of overlap between those yeah, three yeah, entities. Yeah, you yeah. should. Yeah, I mean, some of these guys have, you know, Vitalik Buterin has said things about how he thinks that child pornography is sort of a, a victimless crime to just possess it. I believe. Um, you'd have I don't want to wanna hear from you. You'd him. have to look at those tweets. You have to um, look at. The, you don't have to look at the tweets. You have to take one look at the man's face. I'm <laughs> but, sorry, but there it's are a lot. Of, it's written there. You know, Let's just a, say there are, a lot, there are a lot of opinions about child porn and the age of consent. In we were just talking about this last night. We weren't talking we, about what? that. What with my no. aunt? <laughs> no, we were talking about the scary weirdness that happens in no- the northern European yes, countries. Yeah, that everyone always talks about. They always point to like the French crazy. You know what? I'm with you. But you know who you really should be talking about? 
The Belgians. The Belgians. The Belgians mm. and the Danish and the, the Swiss. Yeah, there's a yeah. lot of terrible, weird things happening over yeah. there. Yeah, well, my, my, my thing is with this is, like, listen, I know a lot of guys, right? I know a lot of guys who have some sometimes unorthodox opinions, right? Never once in my 33 years on this, uh, you know, spinning rock that we call Earth. Is, uh, <laughs> um, has any of my friends been like, dude, I don't know, man, like, 14? There's nothing. You know, like, but these guys are on Twitter saying this shit all the time. They yeah. think it's like a logic debate or something. Yeah. Uh, you know, and some of them come out of this, this world where like, oh, anything can be sort of debated like this. And, and we're just debating the merits of X, Y, Z. It's like, oh my God, debate Lord culture needs along, so like, that needs to implode. Yeah. yeah. And like entertaining risky ideas. and, and That like, was also Sam's whole thing. Yeah. I mean, that was the whole, I mean, the even effective altruism, which look, I know a lot of people clowned on that recent, I think it was uh, Nathan Heller did that oh, had that piece, piece in the New York. I admit I haven't seen it yet. I, I know what you're talking and, about. Though. You know, a lot of people clown on it for probably good reason. Although there were some interesting lines in it, just like little takeaways. And one of them was talking about how much effective altruism infected almost every department and every way of thinking within the humanities, within like everywhere at these like big schools. You know, really, I think he was at Harvard mm -hmm. that he was talking to these kids. Gotta and go to Harvard. Gotta, yeah. You gotta go to but, Harvard, bro. If you're thinking of going to college, you're listening to this, Harvard. <laughs> <laughs> hey, no, look, I don't like it, but it is where, unfortunately, yeah. the future leaders of the world are groomed. Mm -hmm. Chinese. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I mean, the story supposedly is, uh, just in line with what you're talking about, that Sam was interested in animal welfare, and he was a student at MIT, and one day he has lunch with Will McCaskill, who's right. like the beating heart of effective altruism. Not for and, long. Yeah, and Will says, uh, Will McCaskill says, like, why don't you make a lot of money and then give it away to good causes? And that's the, the, epif the epiphany. How fucking dumb do you have to be for that line to be the thing that like makes your brain what? Wait, you're saying I can make a bunch of money and then give it away. Motherfucker, look up Rockefeller. I do some of the least effective altruism in New York City. I give I'm giving crack to people. <laughs> <laughs> I'm I'm giving housing vouchers that are fake to people. It's 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 incredible. And to me, I, that's what I exist on this earth to do. <laughs> but that whole kind of mentality, like that whole like um we just if we just account for every single yes. thing. It's funny. He can do accounting in this realm, but yes. not for his own country. Well, that's the funny company. thing. That's the funny thing about effective altruism, in a way, is like you think it maybe would preach some kind of almost like caution or conservative line of thinking. Like, yeah. Um, but instead, the, it, it's super embracing of risk. Yes. Which is the one right. a constant throughout crypto is like these people are so risk tolerant or just don't even understand what's risky, um, and so mm. they think there's so much upside to what they're doing that. In, sort of embracing un, uh, like runaway risk is okay. There are these there are these clips yeah. of Caroline Ellison, the former CEO of Alameda, who supposedly helped get them into this mess, and she's basically talking about like, well, if if your choice is between like double or nothing, or, uh, or basically saying you should do double or nothing bets on something over and over again because your lower bound is known, and that is you lose all your money. Your upper bound is infinite. Well, it's like, yeah, if like this is like spark notes for for like game theory one oh one freshman level. You're saying yeah. that like if that's I, actually like more. That's literally like I took one class of game theory and I this is what I took away. I think away. she is sitting on a futon when she gives that. So, interview. I'm sorry, so it's very college. This lady is like, listen, if I lose all the money, then I have no money. But if I double my money, perhaps I can do that again. Like this is the Forever. insights. 
This I'm is sorry. what they're teaching Dude, kids these days. It's crazy because sometimes I'm like, man, I don't understand how these things work. But I, to me, that's literally what I do at casinos. <laughs> I go in there, I lose some money, and then I have a little bit of money less, and I put it all on one big bet yeah. that I, I have literally every time I've done that have lost. Yeah. And I think that because they, they will rationalize almost anything, and part of the effect of altruism thing is like, oh, well, we're looking towards the far future. So we're thinking about all of humanity that is to come. Yeah. Not the people living right now necessarily, but right. like well, the trillions you. of future humans. So we need to make big risks on their behalf or, or really secure the future against AI a generation or 100 years from now and not you know, helping people right here, right now, because the big risks are for the trillions of future humans. Right, which and, means that you can also then absorb more risk. You can take more risk yeah. on yourself because you're taking such a long view that yeah. what are what are these losses? Now they're small, they're petty. It doesn't matter, right? And they take that for, for everything. I mean, it's funny because I think one of the big, like, sticking points that we always talked about in our episodes on Robinhood, our episodes on Tether, our episodes on anything, is counterparty risk mm-hmm. and how... All of these, like, companies, and now it seems like this fucking Silicon Valley bank, right? Mm -hmm. It's like they're finding out every single one of them is like, fuck, what is my exposure? What is my counterparty risk? How do I actually, like, it's so funny to me because Bitcoin, like, you know, this sounds like such a catch line, right? It's like Bitcoin solves this. The whole idea was that you have this ledger that shows everything. And so you could always know what your risk was, Mm -hmm. right? Because it's all out there. And yet none of this, nobody knows, all these shady people, they don't know anything. That's true. And it's all fake. Yeah. (laughs) But the the scary thing is, is that there are like very real financial entities that are like tacked into this, right? Yeah. So on the podcast, we interview Kevin O'Leary from Shark Tank. So sick. One of the best <laughs> skinheads in America, bro. <laughs> um, he he's a uh, you know from Shark Tank. He's Canadian. He ran for leader of the Conservative Party up there once. I um, love Mr. Wonderful. Yeah, Mr. Wonderful. He apparently they had a show called Dragons Den, which was the pre Shark Tank. Apparently, yeah. all right, journalist. Yeah, they had a show called Dragons Den. <laughs> excuse me, excuse me. I, I should have been more in England about that. too. Um, and so, um, but what he told us was, we asked him a lot of questions about like due diligence. What did you do? Because you right. have you do a lot of investments. You have all these companies of your own. What exactly did you do to 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 look into FTX before you accepted eighteen million dollars worth of crypto and cash to endorse them? And he claimed at times he did due diligence, but then when you really get down to it, he he told us, "Well, I trusted Bain and I trusted Tiger Global and I trusted these other companies." Never that, trust wait, Tiger that's literally Global. not due diligence. That's just being like these guys say it's cool. Yeah. So like, <laughs> but what he'll also tell you is that. It was the hottest ticket in town, and like everyone was throwing their money at Sam. And one thing that FTX was doing was like, okay, here's what we're going to tell you about our company. Um, you can invest at this amount if you want. Uh, you have 24 hours. I mean, like sometimes it would be a really quick turnaround. Like you were either able to get in now or not at all, and that caused, I guess, a degree. I don't think this is an excuse by any means, but it's like there was investor FOMO kind of where yeah. they're all just like, oh, I'm chasing the next big thing. These other guys are in it. I'm going to throw down. Well, we also have to say, too, I mean, the post-COVID market bonanza was insane. And there was this feeling of after the market crash in, what was it, March 2020? Yeah. Like, was it March? February, March 2020 when the market crashed? When it was starting to then pick back up and, you know— 
good old Trumpy turned on the, the money spigot and it was just like, go, 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 go. Everyone was like, this is the last, this is like the last hurrah before the end game or whatever, this, right? Yeah. And so there was this like, it felt like there was this moment where everyone was sort of like, all in, all in, all in, go, 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 go yeah. before like the bottom comes out. You know what I mean? And and you had these funds like uh, Andreessen Horowitz or Paradigm who had raised- Crazy uh, head like, on that motherfucker, man. Also, <laughs> shout out to Andreessen for supporting this podcast. Oh, Mark. Oh, well, yeah, Mark. You, yeah, yeah, yeah. Can you yeah, get him yeah. to unblock me? Um, I really would like to talk to him. I found out earlier today, Bajalis? Who's this motherfucker? Oh, yeah, Balagio. Balagio? He blocked me, too. This little yeah. son All of these bitch. guys have blocked I, I me. He like, blocked you. He blocked me. I was he trying said, to look. He said that this is why we can't trust the banks. Bitcoin solves this or something. I, I, was, I was like, yes. I, but I was like, I never <laughs> even said anything to for this motherfucker. I never heard of it. I know this guy sucks. I've heard of him in that context. But I don't know who he, like, I'm not like. In he, that world, yeah. he's just like crypto network cities, like sort of trying to present himself as yeah. like a, a VC philosopher guy. But I would love to see what that guy. He's just a right winger. Balls look like. <laughs> um, <laughs> They're probably crazy. But you, you, yeah, you had all all the cheap money coming in, and then you had these VC funds with like yeah. billion dollar funds just yeah. to pour into crypto companies, which meant like one thing that I think people should know actually is like. You know, in previous cycles, like venture capital has a lot of problems with it, but they're trying to build real companies, basically, yeah. or like at least they think like we're gonna put money into a company and like in five or ten years they'll be it'll ca- will cash out. Well, well there was yeah. the like classic like Uber model, yes, yes. right, yeah, yeah, which yeah. was like okay, what we're gonna do is we're gonna pour as much money as we can into this dumb startup idea, which is then through. Um, maneuvering of regulations and then also regulatory capture will secure a monopoly. Right. And then everyone will be so annoyed that they have to just use it forever. Yes, yeah. correct. And this was like the kind of like Uber or the Amazon model that we all know and love, which was already problematic and horrible to sure. begin with. It didn't really work for Uber. No, it still doesn't make any money. Yeah. Right? Oh, yeah. And it's some pretty awful people who are sort of pushing this in the kinds of economics that yeah. produces. And it's complete and total like corporate regulatory capture. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. It's, it's criminal. And it's, then the VCs, it was like crypto came along and the VCs were like, nah, that's taking too long on returns. Yeah. We can't, we can't even bank on, you know, on monopolization anymore. Clearly, we're not even getting anything from Uber. What if we just built casinos? Yeah. And what if they just bought the tokens directly, too? So, like, what you have is, I mean, there are lockup periods and stuff, like, with stock options for some of the stuff. But what you have is, if you invested in Solana, the company, you could get Solana tokens on on the cheap, which Sam Bankman-Fried did. Right. And you get them at, like, pennies on the dollar, or at least at an initial really small valuation. And then after... Uh, some lockup period or maybe none after uh, the market opens, the ICO happens, you dump on retail, you know, you sell yeah. for 10 or 100 or 1,000 times what you paid to a retail investor. And so, like, wait, and ICOs you, you, go crazy. So then you cashed, so out, you cashed out your VC investment in months instead of like yeah. years. So what you do to, let me, let me, let me hit you with this. Mm-hmm. So I'm a VC Right? Always. Yeah. I've got a lot of opinions on modern men and women for some reason also that I share on Twitter. I don't know why they do that because that is the least – I would never take advice from somebody in that position. But anyways, <laughs> I, I, I invest in this coin company, right? Yeah. Solana. They give me a bunch of money for less money. 
right? So I like buy their coins for very little money for cheap because I invested. Yeah, maybe instead of getting equity in the company, or you might get both, but you might instead of getting equity, you might get tokens, or okay. like, or they would call the tokens a form of equity. Yeah. So I gave the yeah, and so then and then I have those tokens, and so then when that coin goes public. I sell those tokens for a bunch of money on the initial run on Solana. Exactly, on, especially that initial that's legal run. Legal for in the world? You can do that legally? <laughs> well, that's the question. I mean, that seems like something that would be. There's illegal. this computer scientist Nicholas Weaver who's on Twitter a lot. He's he's he hates crypto and is very sort of annoyed by it. Yeah. And he says that A16Z's business model is securities fraud. Yeah. Because if you think these things are unlicensed securities, which they basically all are, because they're all the same, and they all pass the Howey test and all this stuff. Like, yeah, it's this, yeah. It's this. No, just, you know, keep it pushing, keep it okay. pushing. I'm going to keep going. We're going to forget that one. Um, but, you know, these are basically un, unregulated securities yeah. or things treated like that. So, yeah, if you invest in Solana, maybe you'll get the tokens at eight cents each. Maybe it'll it'll ICO at eight bucks um, or, may, or more. Return. And then like Solana ran up to like 230, 230 bucks. It was one of the best altcoins, as they right. called them for a while. Mm-hmm. And everyone thought. Solano is the future of crypto. I mean, and and everything else. I mean, I talked to people who work for Solano who like believed it. Um, Wait, sorry, you're saying this in the past tense? Yeah, <laughs> it, it still exists. Not, Solana still exists. It's not two hundred and thirty dollars of Solana anymore. I think it's like in the twenties, maybe um, twenty thousands. No, like twenty bucks. Per oh, token. okay. Oh, right. yeah. yeah, yeah. That seems. Um, but um, <laughs> but you know, they were the they were one of the most like kind of acclaimed crypto companies, even though. Frankly, I don't know what they were building when they all talk about building. None of them! None of them are building anything! I'm sorry! This is insane to me that people still say this is an excuse. Every fucking crypto company that just exists to print fake money to sell to people and then rip them off always says they're fucking building something. Oh, this is going to revolutionize the healthcare market. This is going to this is gonna change everything. The, the chain will fix it. You are, you are a fucking moron if you fall for this. They're not building anything. They're scamming you. Like It's like... This is you well, should. these guys know that. That's the thing that bothers me. Okay, they I, know that. But yeah, the VCs, all these companies, all these fucking hedgies, they know it's all bullshit. It's just how do we move money to like how can we basically arbitrage a ton of fucking money through all of these different like fake investment companies, basically. So how can we move all this around and like skim a little bit off the top, which when you're dealing in billions of dollars is a shit ton of premium. Yes. And then exit and get out of here and do it over and over and over again. I mean, it's like mm-hmm. one big fucking shell game. How is this legal at all, though? That's what well, I don't it's understand. Not, but the real, this is the thing. It's kind of not, SEC, but not enforced. The SEC needs to get a, some, a fucking pair. Do they have a SWAT team? I know FDA is a SWAT team. I mean, this is the whole thing where it's like you don't act. I mean, I get mad. I kind of do the get like fall in line with Stoller on this, who says, like, we don't need more regulations. Like, what you're saying, we don't need, like, Elizabeth Warren and all these people get out there, we need to regulate crypto. We need to, I'm Elizabeth Warren, I'm Native American. You can tell because of my cheekbones. This seems gender. Haven't forgotten about that one. That's crazy she said that, (laughs) by the way. My cheekbones? It's so crazy. Imagine if I was like, you can tell I'm Native American because of my cheekbones. People would be like, you're racist. Yeah, we would not have a podcast anymore. Well, we would. You would not be on it. I would not be on it, no. Um, but anyway, she, you know, she's like, we need to, it's like, bitch, no, we don't. Whoa. We just need, why don't we just enforce the laws that already exist? Yeah. yeah. And, and I've talked At to some. point. Sorry. <laughs> well, some <laughs> of them might be one day. I mean, I've talked to, you know, regulators and, and people on Capitol Hill and some of them do say that, like the stuff is on the books. If you want to yeah. do this, um, it takes political will and all yeah, that kind of stuff. All... But like, and now there's more, more of that, but. 
They um, also have cut the SEC. I mean, the SEC is like, what, like two guys? They cut some of the budget, <laughs> I think. And, and like... part of the problem was also Sam and everyone else was trying to steer all of this to right. the CFTC, yeah, which yeah. has a fraction of the budget and was much right. more friendly. And, and wasn't the, the lady from Alameda's dad in charge of it at some point? That... Oh, Caroline Ellison's Caroline dad? Ellison's. I think he was at the CFTC at one point. And then, so, like, yeah. Sam... And also, they're used to dealing with pork futures, and the man yeah. is quite pig-like. Yes. <laughs> and they hired people from the CFTC. They hired people from the Ag Committee, which oversees the yeah. CFTC. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. they did everything to... Well, that's where he was smart, I yeah. gotta say, is I that the he really did understand... Yeah, I mean, he understood, like, he's like, oh, I can't... I don't know how to run a company. I don't know shit about crypto. What I do know is being a criminal. And that means paying the guys. Yeah. I'm Always got to pay the guys. I'll be real with you. That is actually literally a good management mm-hmm. tactic, right? Like, you don't know how to do it. You hire people to do it. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, yeah. So his whole, I mean, he pissed off a lot of crypto people doing that, too. Yeah. people. Some people didn't like it, especially, like, the DeFi people, who decentralized yeah. finance. Like, some people didn't really like the role that Sam was taking. I think some sort of swallowed it and accepted, like, well, maybe this will turn out better for crypto in the end. Yeah. But then, you know, once Sam went down, that's when, like, the thieves really started turning on each other or choose your metaphor, circular firing squad, whatever. Yeah. Like, the omerta was broken. Yeah. And people started saying, uh, that's actually one of my favorites. Like, because like, that's when people really started shit talking or, like, the three AC guys came back and started, like, posting text messages yes. and stuff. Right. Well, that's where we also found out. I mean, it was in what Sam's own testimony or, you know, his slated testimony that he was supposed to give in front of Congress where we found out about these group chats that Sam, CZ, who else was in? Uh, there was this guy. Um, it's always going down in the Zane DMs. Talley, I believe was his name. And he's worked for FTX and Tether or Bitfinex. He's Here's worked for a little true and on rule. I'm telling you, the, the world is run on group chats. Here's another little true and on rule. As a man... This is maybe a little red. This is my most red pill opinion. Mm. You should not be in a group chat. <laughs> I'm telling you. I'm no, no group chat. I'm in a group chat with you two, and that's it. So much shit happens in group chats. And I don't want any part of it. I think it's I think it's gauche to be in a group chat. One-on-one. Maybe call three. Anyways, they're all in a group chat. All yeah. these Bitcoin guys. So, well, crypto guys. What was it called, too? It, had it was really called, like, name. exchange coordination. Like, the group... <laughs> Bro, <laughs> like the group, it seemed to be like a Rico charge in the title. Yeah, like it was yeah, ridiculous. Yeah. So yeah, a couple years ago, um, when I started covering crypto, people, a couple people would tell me this, like, look, this is a small industry. It's run by a small number of men, and they all talk to each other, and there are group chats. And I was like, okay, Pause. maybe he overhears um, this at a graveyard in Vienna. <laughs> Yeah, but the third man told me this in shadow, um, and I thought, okay, maybe. But it's the kind of thing you can't really just like from, a, you know, from journalists with all your lofty rules, you got to prove it or whatever. And then it's yeah, like, yeah. I don't know how I'm going to find this out. Two years later, Sam Bankman frieds like r- submits his testimony with screenshots and like, which is just amazing. My, my main thought yeah. was like, that was him screwing Very over Lisa the- Vanderpump style. Shout out to the people who get that reference. I hear it's a good show. Um, <laughs> but like, just printing out screenshots if, of text. If the it. government sees that, that's like an instant subpoena for the people in yes. the group chat. Yes. Like, yes. Why would you immediately? Like, so I think that was <laughs> Sam throwing everyone else under the bus or, or mm. being incredibly stupid. I don't know. But like, all those people are going to immediately have subpoenas yeah. sent to them. Um, and Well, I will say, yeah. I mean, it does seem like DOJ, and not even just with. Uh, you know, SBF and FTX. I always like flip the last letter when I'm saying this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. In, 
one after the other. But, I mean, there's, a, you know, and he got charged on, there was another round of charges, too, he got hit with, right, Yeah, recently? so it started with eight charges, and then there was a superseding indictment where they had right. four more. <laughs> You gotta you never, love the yeah, superseding indictment. You never want to get hit with the superseding indictment. You gotta yeah, love them. Like, actually, hold up, shit. hold up. We got a couple more. We gotta download <laughs> a patch. Yeah, for yeah, the yeah. System. One sec, one sec. <laughs> yeah, but then I saw that even today. It was like something I was reading today, and you know, correct me if I'm wrong. That the DOJ was now suggesting that Ethereum was a security in one of their lawsuits against. It was like it's not K Dunk. I can't remember what is K-Dunk? this like. Sounds like one is of the it the Yuga Labs one? Like, the uh, oh, ape, yes. The ape one? Maybe it was uh, in Yuga Labs. I don't I mean, know. There's, there's all a long-going Ripple lawsuit, too. Yeah. Yuga Labs is getting but sued? I saw that yeah, Ethereum, they're in a lawsuit. Ethereum was taking a beating because yeah. there was suggestions that they were going to start trying to regulate it as a security, which is going to throw the whole thing. I mean, then the whole thing collapses Definitely. once it's been recognized and as And you just security. declare these things securities. Like, you have to then enforce the law, but, like, right. companies have to abide by the law yeah. in theory and like wow. you know, some of this stuff will take care of itself if you say like well, we have these laws on the books they apply um, and I, that's one thing I don't get is like why would you call Ethereum a, a security and not all the others I mean right. Bitcoin because of this sort of weird competition between regulators Bitcoin was declared a commodity in, uh, like eight years ago or something like that and now it's overseen by the CFTC which is why everyone wants the CFTC to, to regulate them because they're easier to deal with and have less money but, like, they're all securities. They should schedule Bitcoin like fentanyl. That's what they should do. They should, ske- or they should schedule all of these cryptos mm. like they were drugs or something. <laughs> and so, like, the shit coins, it's like, you know, it's like, actually all of them should be scheduled one narcotics. And they should be Trump-style punishable by death for selling. And available in patch form. Yes. There you go. Yeah. There you go. Well, we got to wrap up here, Jacob. I have a theoretical, a big question, though, to end this on. What is the future of this shit? That's that's a good question. And can uh, I bet on it? <laughs> <laughs> yes, you can. I mean, there's there's a website where you can bet. On, I forget what it's called. And I don't want to shill some random website, but there there are sites where you can bet on like market events. People were betting on whether Silvergate Bank or Silver Silicon Valley Bank would collapse today. Okay, everyone needs to stop gambling right we now. Need to yeah. stop Just gambling. chill the whoa, fuck out. Whoa, 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 lady. All right. I think everyone needs to just chill. I, so what I just chill. I think the future of consumer crypto, at least like in the near term, I think it's dead. I mean, people yeah. don't want to admit that, but like Sam and FTX were the face of it, as we said, and like the main mover and shaker in, here in the US. And like there are people in the industry who just say, like, oh, we'll have another bull run in two years. We've done this before, blah, blah, blah. Two there's, years? Are people – read the room, people. But there's two such a, years? There's such a divide between what the industry thinks uh, and what everyday normal people think. Right. Like, yeah. People are disillusioned. They lost their money or they see it as a scam or they see that, like, the main figure associated with crypto is, is going on trial for yes. major crimes. Yeah. Like, And also that the crimes he was charged with are just, like – Fra- wire fraud, like violating banking laws. Like yeah. these people aren't committing crazy crypto crimes necessarily. They're doing like basic financial crimes. Well, and a lot of retail got like really fucked in the last year too. Like yeah. small guy. I was reading this thing like black people got really fucked over by the crypto crash too. Like in yeah. particular. A lot of people of color and sort of marginalized communities have been marketed crypto as like, well, you were you were redlined by the banks for years. Like now you should get Bitcoin instead. By the way, Spike Lee. He did it. Yeah. He was that he was one of those motherfuckers who was part of this too. Old money's not gonna pick us up. It pushed us down. 
exploits systematically oppressions. But new money, new money is positive. And like, also, I gotta that be real. Like reminds me of the banks during 08. Too, Larry David sh- too. People like give Larry David. Like, oh, like you know, like kind of make fun of his role of being like you know not into crypto and the thing. But that it's was like, just written into the it commercial was written about in the fucking script he did, dumbass. Yeah. Like I was saying, it's FTX. It's a safe and easy way to get into crypto. Yeah, I don't think so. And I'm never wrong about this stuff. How stupid. He was literally, t- yeah, anyways, but I, so I'm like dumb, like, I'm like, well, my thing is there was a bunch of crypto ads in the Super Bowl, right? That mm. one year, 2021. And then the next year there were none. This year there were zero, And yeah. so like that, by my metric, I don't think it's doing very well. Yeah. And, and like people just, it's not going to scale to the thing that they think it will. Yeah. Like maybe if they had more Ma's expectations for it, but this is not the money of the future. It's not going to like flip the dollar or something like that or even become competitive with it. Like people don't want it. It doesn't provide legitimate use cases beyond mostly illegal ones. Um, so I just I, – I think the dream, it should be dead in some way. Yeah. But there's still money kind of coming in through some VC funds that raised money in their last round. But – you know, and some it's now going into AI, which we have to look right. forward to. All those guys became AI guys. Yeah, by the way. they all I mean, did. Like, yeah, the environment, the just the like financial environment is so fucking different than it was just like a year ago. For let sure. alone two, three, four That'll years ago. That'll affect it a lot. I mean, like retail does not have extra cash to put into any yeah, of this shit. Yeah. Like yeah. they got it. Like inflation took care of that. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like there's not like there's that meme or like there was that like viral tweet that's now become a meme that's so good where it's like, oh the you know, that face when you like realize your whole personality was based on zero percent interest rates, <laughs> whatever it was. But it's like true, right? Yeah. It's like in this like increase I mean the Fed's just gonna keep raising, right? With more pain coming. And in that kind of financial environment these companies do not have the ability to just like pour cash into sure. into all of this like yeah, yeah. you know nonsense in all of this like froth and so it goes away and then without retail kind of giving a little bit of legitimacy cover to these exchanges then the hedge funds and the whales they can't pour the money that they mm-hmm. were you know into this because they don't, you know, there's not enough movement to yeah. cover when they're making those big, you totally. know, they don't have they don't have the liquidity to kind of make these big moves and get the premiums they were before. And so it's like, what is even the use case? It all kind of falls out. But then, that, you know, as again, we saw today, that causes massive ripple effects into the real economy, which a lot of people have said, oh, there's no contagion, there's no risk. Because they're like, oh, J.P. Morgan's well capitalized. No shit, J.P. Morgan's well capitalized. It's the biggest fucking bank in the world, and it's about to get much, much bigger, right? Mm-hmm. But, like, that's not true of now Silicon Valley's biggest bank? Yeah. Like, what the fuck? Yeah, I think there would be some more surprises, like— it's a small thing. We don't have to get too deep into it, but like all the crypto miners, they're all going bankrupt. Like they're yeah, big, com- they're to huge all of those fucking computers. Yeah, you know their pickaxes are blunted. Oh um, no, they were like <laughs> their little panhandle. They were forming <laughs> these huge companies and taking on a lot of debt, and yeah. in some cases, they were holding on to their Bitcoin our- and not selling. So now Bitcoin's worth less. They have or worth less. They have so much debt. Yeah. They can't pay their debt. They should have learned from the shale industry. How'd they get out of it? 
Well, not well. I mean, <laughs> well, fracking is back up, but I'm saying, you know, a lot of people yeah. poured a lot of money into fracking infrastructure. You know? I just yeah, remember yeah. seeing all those pictures because I know it was hard for gamers for a little while. Yes, I you felt did, that a little the, bit. The, yeah, because <laughs> they were buying up all the new graphics things. So you yeah, couldn't... I wrote a piece about that for Slate, um, like, why can't you get a video card? And, and, and now, finally, at least the gamers have been liberated. Yeah, the game, but yeah. I saw all these pictures of all these Bitcoin mining operations who, like, split oftentimes in a big hurry because there were just, like, GPUs everywhere. Yeah, they'd leave equipment they just behind leave and leave it stuff. behind, which I'm like, that seems like a bad sign. Yeah. Again, Crazy. like, I don't know a lot about this stuff, but I could see... Cyberpunk novel or something, you know what I mean? It yeah, like, so going in, like, this is a, with RTX... Three zero eight zero. That's that's that a was nice the video one. card. That that's was the nice. nice that was the one that I read that article you wrote. Yes. Um, yes. Yeah, and I sent it to my dad with like, this is actually not what I want to do. Like, this <laughs> is like to me, this is like really cruel to Bitcoin people. And I try to be like really like I just I to me like the, the world is just about love. <laughs> Jacob, brace. Do you have anything that you would like to shill? I know that you were. Did you say shill? Yeah. Well, I, I say shill. I'm shameless. Let, let me finish. Let me finish the sentence. I know that you were pretty integral to the launch of um, Shiba Token earlier this year, <laughs> and I know that was like your thing. Like, hey, like this is I'm actually going to do this different than everybody else. Like, this is not a rug pull. This is not a scam. You build a really beautiful Discord community. <laughs> um, it really is about the community. It's in about the because that's the thing. It to me, it's not about the money. Or me. the tech. It's or the, the tech. It's the community. It's the wonderful 18 plus people that I've met on Discord and have formed relationships with, have formed bonds with. Um, and I know that you were pretty, you know, that you, you launched your coin. I know that you're now independently, well, let me just say the man lives in Malta, okay? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, and Monaco. But, uh, but has that changed you? Has success changed you in the, in the crypto? <laughs> That's my first question. Also, the second question is where do you get your ideas? <laughs> no, uh, do you have anything? Do you have anything else? I mean, I'm going to shill this shit for you in a second. You can shill it too, I guess. Sure, you'll sure. probably do it. But why don't you just shill it? All right. Well, I, I have this podcast, uh, four episodes about FTX. Maybe they'll bring me back for some bonus ones, please. Um, but uh, launches Monday, March 13th, weekly. I'm going to be writing again uh, uh, in various publications about FTX and all this stuff, crypto. Uh, you can find me on, on Twitter, Silverman Jacob, with all the other sinners. Um, but that's really what I've got going on right now. Are you going to cover the trial? I'd love to, actually. Yeah. Like, So Sam is supposed to go on trial October 3rd. He might change his plea, but I don't know if he will at this point. Um, I think they need to to put his, like, you know, face up there and really yeah. make a big... S- I, so yeah. someone wants me to cover it. Um, no, you know what I mean. I yeah, think that yeah. they want to, They you know, they don't want to plea this out. They want to... Yeah. You know, I mean, I think the government does kind of want to make an example of this guy. Like, he yeah. made fools of a lot of people and maybe got some politicians in trouble. And look what he did to Sean McElwee. I mean, come yeah, on. I was about... Holy <laughs> shit! How did we not cover this? I'm sorry. We're out of 10 minutes on the podcast. <laughs> don't give me that look. Sean McElwee. <laughs> Sean McElwee. <laughs> Where is he? He's Doquan. He's with me. He's underground. He's he's gone. He's 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 in Antigua, baby. He's in Bahama. He's in Grenada. He's in all these places. Sean McElwee is he's like, have you ever maybe taken ashes of a loved one and thrown them in the wind? (laughs) Because that's what he he first of all, he got stabbed in the back. Second of all, yeah. He's innocent. Third of all, I want to ask a question here. So Sam Bankman Freed, it turns out, I feel like we talked about this on the podcast a little bit, but I will never tire of talking about Sam Bankman Freed. Excuse me, Sean McKelvey. How did I, could I forget? Similar look. Um, 
And uh, anyways, it seems like he was involved in like setting up these like crypto councils for mm-hmm. people. Oh, that's right. And Richie Torres had one. Richie right? Torres, yeah. I believe, had one. And that young like Gen Z, the youngest the Congress guy from member, Florida. Yeah. the Cong- the, yeah, that young oh, dude had God. one. And like it was filled with like insane scumbag people, like yeah. MAGA people, and this is like a Gen Z, like like you know, like progressive guy. Which, by the way, progressing towards what? Mm, they can never <laughs> answer that. Um, but like it, it's, I, 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 I'm so excited right now. I can't even finish. <laughs> Is is Sean McElwee going to go to prison for the rest of his life? <laughs> I mean, I think pe- people affiliated with Dave for Progress or him or people who were involved in the whole political operation are in trouble. Like, you think they're in really? trouble? I think people could be charged with crimes. Like, they broke campaign finance laws, yeah, allegedly. They did. Yeah, and, it's like hard. And allegedly. like Nishad Singh, who pleaded guilty last week or two weeks ago, um, he is CC1, as they call him, in the in the latest indictment. Uh-huh. He was part of this whole operation. He pleaded guilty. So he was he was one of their straw donors. He he gave millions. And there's a quote in that latest indictment, like someone anonymous who could be Sean McElwee or one of these other people saying, like, you're gonna have to do a bunch of woke transactional shit. Oh for yeah, us. I saw that. And that <laughs> sounds kind of like Sean McElwee. And the person who was being said to was Nishad Singh, who just pled guilty. So like that's the thing. Like this is not over. The, the Damian Williams, the the U.S. attorney here, is pretty aggressive, and he's yeah. like, he's like, You've we're not some done. articles about. Yeah, him. I have something coming out in a few weeks. Um, you know, he's he's a pretty typical Democrat in a lot of ways. Like really connected. He clerked for Merrick Garland and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And he's just ready, I think, now to do these indictments and and throw the hammer down. So that'd I think there'll be, be more. So, it'd be really, it'd be really weird crazy. if like someone who's happy hour I've been to. I did go that happy hour once. Um, is indicted, but that's there you crazy. Go. <laughs> I'll tell you, this guy goes to court. My funky ass. We're covering that trial. Front row you every should, day, you shirtless like a motherfucker. <laughs> Patches if I emphatically don't covering cover my body. the SPF tr- trial. Fuck? But we cover the Sean McElwee trial. I, I will literally, <laughs> dude. I will. I will literally commit a crime and turn state's witness so that I can testify up in that bitch. I will. I Sean McElwee is the coolest. The stone. Everyone always talks about, oh, oh, all these people that, like, you know, uh, progressive or 2016 turned out to be fucking freaks. Like, you know how, like, Occupy people mostly turned out to be just psychopaths, right? Like, all the people from that. I'm telling you, Sean McKelvey is a god to people (laughs) who supported Bernie in 2016. He is fucking baller. Who's that other freak? The the you know what I'm talking about the fucking guy with the curly hair David Shore David Shore oh yeah Brother, he if, might also be involved in this I know yeah. you're a, listen Jacob don't listen to this part because <laughs> Jacob's not involved in this part he's a serious I know you're involved in this dude <laughs> I can smell a rat and I I gotta tell you keep rocking brother. All right, that has been the show, uh, Jacob. So he does not endorse anything that we've said. Or that, that is said. true, but it was a lot of fun. He's an independent <laughs> journalist, um, freelance journalist. Uh, you can check him out at the Silverman Jacob. Yeah, on I got reversed. You have there. a Substack too? I do. I just I never really used it much, but now I'm going to use it to just like kind of keep in touch with people. I'm not going. I'm not doing the like pay for my Substack thing yet. Okay, but you should do that once I you might, get some subscribers. I might one day. Like, yeah. I, honestly, I'm trying to figure out what's next. If you want to hire me, let's do that. Too. Okay, yeah yeah, 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 yeah. Well, we should have. Well, listen, we are having our initial Jacob offering right now. <laughs> there you go. There you go. Get uh, in early. It has been a absolute pleasure. Yeah, this, this is this is so a, this is one of the most fun interviews we've done. Oh, um, thanks so much. And I love you. <laughs> um, it's it's mutual, man.
ladies and gentlemen. You can't. It's like you don't want the same initials, mm-hmm. and you can't have a rhyme. They don't know that we're con- recording this immediately after we record the intro. So they. I know that you don't know an hour this and forty reference, minutes, but it's like Wesley and Leslie. From, Wesley and Leslie from Sex and the City. You cannot. You oh, just I've can't seen every a, episode. You can't have a rhyme. I've seen every episode. Oh yeah, who's Wesley and Leslie? They're two twin sisters who are also lesbians, but not with each other. No. Okay, they're a brother and a sister. That no. They're dating. They're married. Well, they're divorced. Oh well, that should and Wesley be is Charlotte's brother. Wesley? Yeah, Wesley and Leslie. Come on, that was. Don't be naming your kid Wesley. Wesley Crusher. Wesley Crusher. That's kind of tight. Yeah. Who's that? that? Oh, I, I never got into that. Never got into Star Trek. Felt a little, a little like they were just stuck on that thing, the ship. You know, yeah. go down to the planet, asshole. Anyways, <laughs> go down to the planet, asshole. We really have been recording yeah, for we, hours. We've been recording. For Let's hours. go for a couple hours more. Yeah, um, I'm about to go do to you another have any podcast. I do have grievances. <laughs> <laughs> Let me tell you about some grievances. Let me tell you what happened on the train on the way here. No, we don't need to talk about okay, it. Okay, well, let me just say that that was not okay what that woman said to me. Uh, and I just feel... I told you don't provoke. I didn't provoke her. I you asked did. Her you to... provoked her with your eyes. <laughs> I did provoke her with my eyes. You were, not, you were staring clear, at her. Not in a horny darts. way. It was not in a horny no, way. No, darts, anger. In my words... Well, after you provoked her. Yeah, and then she was being passive aggressive. I'm just saying, don't. I don't think she was being passive aggressive. She, she was being, being aggressive, aggressive. aggressive. I know, I know, I know, I know. <laughs> yeah, she did not like you. <sighs> yeah, but I liked her. But not, I, this makes it sound like I was sexually harassing a woman on a train. This is not the case. No, no, she was just talking very loudly. She was talking very loudly, and I, 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 I made You huffed this. and puffed in her direction, and I, she caught wind yes, and then of we what had you were trying to do. And I told her, I was like, listen, I will light you on fire right here on this car. No, you didn't. Yeah, I, didn't. I tried to get him to calm down. Yeah, I was, I was heated. No. <sighs> I'm going to take my shirt off. Please don't. I'm Liz. My name is Balthazar Roberto Beldan. We are, of course, joined by our producer, Young Chomsky Ball. And the podcast is called Liz. I forget. What is this for you called? It's called True Nine. And we'll see you next time. Bye-bye. 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 B